Single layer or double layer? Locked or not locked? What seems to be the best way to close the uterine incision at time of cesarean section? Let's follow the data now. During last night's OB call, I explained to one of our residents during the C-section how a single-layer unlocked suture seems to be better than a single-layer locked. This, of course, made time for a great discussion intraoperatively about the evidence behind uterine closure and what the leading data suggests. Look, before we get into the data regarding single-layer or double-layer closure, locked or unlocked sutures, you know it's always fun to review the history behind these kind of items. Well, the history of C-section is pretty remarkable, as you would think. Until the 1870s, the C-section technique remained relatively crude, and the practice did not include surgical suture or stitches to actually close the opened womb. Now, in 1876, Eduardo Porro, who was professor of obstetrics at Pavia, actually advocated removal of the womb itself after cesarean section as a way to control bleeding. Now, following this, the first cesarean hysterectomy was performed in the U.S. by Richardson, from where we get the Richardson style of hysterectomy, and that occurred in 1881. After Richardson described the C-section hysterectomy technique in 1881, the German obstetrician Max Sanger in 1882 developed a method for preventing uterine bleeding by using suture to close the wound and the uterus. I know, a novel concept at that time. Silver wire was developed by J. Marion Sims in the USA as a material that could be used for this type of suturing technique. Now, Sanger performed his surgeries using the classical vertical incision. That's why that's still called the Sanger type of incision. Now, with the advent of newer techniques in 1926, James Monroe Kerr, as in the Kerr C-section type, who was a professor of obstetrics at Glasgow, reintroduced the transverse uterine incision, which was preferred to the longitudinal or the vertical incision, and in the U.S., the procedure was also popularized by two other physicians, Beck and DeLee, in the late 1920s. Alright, so there you have it. It wasn't until 1882 when Max Sanger first proposed and attempted to actually close the hysterotomy at time of C-section. Well, we've come a long way since 1882, and we now have data regarding single-layer versus double-layer closure, as well as locking versus unlocking sutures. In 2000, I completed my OBGYN residency at Parkland Hospital. At that time, it was foundational that all the residents were taught that a single-layer locked suture on the uterine wall was required in order to assist in hemostasis. But is that correct today? 
Well, there are meta-analyses that have suggested that a locked single-layer closure could actually be related to an increased risk of uterine rupture, with one meta-analysis showing an odds ratio of up to 4.96%. Now, this is actually in agreement with other meta-analysis of randomized trials showing that locking a single layer can lead to thinner residual myometrial thickness when it's evaluated by ultrasound after C-section. That was published by Stephanie Robergi in 2014 in the American Journal of OBGYN. Now, there are at least two potential explanations that can explain this association. It is possible that the log suture, by being more hemostatic, ironically, can cause a strangulation of the scar tissue and lead to weaker healing. It is also possible that the weakness of the scar is secondary to the fact that this layer, this single layer locked technique, is usually performed with inclusion of the inner part of the urine wall. In other words, including the decidua or the endometrium in the scar tissue. And this could be problematic. All right, listen to this. In several animal models, Povidin demonstrated that suturing the complete thickness of the uterus, including the endometrium, was associated with inclusion of endometrial tissue in the scar, resulting in scar defects several weeks or months later. So taking a full through thickness bite from serosa to the endometrium and all the way through on the other side is actually problematic. Besides the incomplete healing that the increased risk of uterine rupture, another multicenter case control study reported that including the inner side of the uterine wall into the scar with this continuous suture was associated with an increased rate of placenta accreta in women who had placenta previa independent of the number of layers used for uterine closure. So, the cumulative evidence does suggest that continuous suture with inclusion of the inner side of the uterine wall seems to be problematic and can increase the risk of uterine rupture in the future. So, the authors recommended that only the outer two-thirds of the myometrium be included and that the endometrial layer, the decidua basalis, be spared when considering closure of the uterus because that can affect the integrity of the scar. Here's a quick shout out to the two investigators that have pioneered this data, Stephanie Robergi and Emmanuel Bujold, personal friends from Canada who have dedicated years of time to evaluate this very topic. So where do we stand with this? Well, here it is, a uterine incision that has been closed with a locked single layer closure may be at especially high risk of rupture during a subsequent risk of labor. Here's what the numbers look like. According to a published analysis of relevant reports, the risk of uterine rupture during a trial of labor after a previous C-section was 1.8% with a double-layer closure, 3.5% with an unlocked single-layer closure, and 6.2% with a locked single-layer closure. So remember, back to our training, back when I was in Dallas at Parkland, that locked single-layer closure was foundational at C-section, and all the residents did it. The data now show that that seems to possess the highest risk of subsequent rupture at TOLAC with a rate of 6.2% compared to 3.5% of uterine rupture when it's a single-layer unlocked. 
So what do we do with that? Well, my personal perspective is that a double-layer closure generally should be preferred in cases where a future pregnancy is planned and a vaginal delivery is desired. The double-layer closure can be associated with a lower rate of uterine rupture. Now, some authorities recommend single-layer uterine closure if the patient is sure that she has no future plans to conceive. Nonetheless, regardless, for better wound healing, it seems that if a single layer is done, it is best to not include the inner layer of the uterus, the decidua basalis, and to not lock the uterine wall. You see, this is why you gotta keep current and gotta keep reading, because I trained with a single-layer lock suture, which, according to Stephanie Roberge and Emmanuel Bujold, the data now suggest that that may not be the best for uterine wound healing. It seems that a single-layer unlocked is better for the uterine scar, and if the patient desires future TOLAC in the future, a double-layer closure is recommended. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.